Good morning from Oakland, California. Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast live. I hope you're doing well today, Where no matter where you're tuning in from. Please, before you, we actually start the episode, I would love for you to show us some love in the comments. Where are you watching from? We would love to know who's tuning in, what you're thinking, what's going on in your world, so we can show you love and shout you out as we go through the episode. Today, I am joined by a great friend of mine who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Matterport, who has also held leadership roles in marketing and product at great companies such as WeWork, Salesforce, LinkedIn, Box, Veritas, Vera. He's probably one of the greatest marketers in the world that I know, hands down. And today, we're going to be talking about a variety of different things. Um, some of the work that he does at Matterport, his thoughts and, you know, principles around marketing, but also his thoughts on living a purpose-driven life. And Robin is a definitely purpose-driven leader. I'm really excited to talk with them. And before I bring him on, I'm going to show love to Bridget, who's saying hi. Hosea was good. Was good. Thank you so much, Jose. I appreciate you. Shalika, who's tuning in from Brooklyn. And Dana, who's tuning in from Austin. And Pravita, who's tuning in from Chicago. Sweet. We have a full house today. Also, with that said, let me bring on Robin Daniels, Chief Marketing Officer at Matterport. Hey, Robin. Hey, what's up, Tim? Welcome back <laughs> to California, man. We miss you here. <laughs> California's California's not the same without you, really. Actually, no, no, no place is, is the same without you, man. Your energy. I mean, if I could just bottle you up, replicate you, spread you out all over the world. If only that was possible. If only we could do that. I know. I know. <laughs> How are you doing, man? One day. One day. I'm good, man. I'm good. I just came back yesterday from uh, Yosemite. It was my first time going to Yosemite so out to see some nature. Wow. It was lovely. You know, I won't lie. I mean, I, I think, you know, we're all adjusting to this new world of working remotely, working from yeah. home. And I was going a little stir crazy. I mean, yeah. I'm blessed that I have a space I can work in. But at the same time, you know, you're sitting and staring at the same space over and over again. After yeah. three months, you're like, I just need a change of scenery. So, and I love nature. I love mountains specifically. It just it's a, my way of recharging and connecting with what's important. And so it was lovely going there. I just got back yesterday. It was only two days, but it was it was definitely needed. Definitely yeah. needed. And you went uh, with your family. How, right? how, how you said, yeah, I, I did go with my family. Yeah, I have a 14 year old kid. He just he, he's an introvert, so he's loving this working from home. He was like, <laughs> like so happy, and I'm an extrovert. And I'm like, I need people, but he's happy. And now, now we're going into summer. So he just graduated in eighth grade. And uh, he also just had his birthday last week, so uh, it's good. And my wife, she's a yoga teacher. She had a, she has a studio here in Mountain View in, in, in the Bay Area. And it closed down on March 16th, wow. so she's moved everything online. She's doing the Zoom classes. She's doing one right now. Uh, and I joined every now and then. But it's just, you know, this has been impactful. I mean, suddenly yeah. her studio with 30-plus teachers impacted not being able yeah. to teach, you know. And that's just one small example of how this this coronavirus COVID thing is is impacting everyone around the world uh, yeah. in different ways, obviously. But it's been it's been tough. I would love for you to share a little bit more with us about your background, man, because you are you have a really yeah. interesting story on how you came out to Silicon Valley <laughs> and started in tech, and you know you've just been on the upswing ever since, man. I would love for you to share your your background, man. Well, it's interesting. I think when you look at, if you look at linearly my my LinkedIn background, it might seem like I was in the upswing, but man, I'll tell you, I failed a lot in my life and yeah. uh, and that's okay. Because I, I think it's the moments of failure that I really help define you because it helps clarify what you want in life. You know, talking mm. about a purpose driven life is, it's always been the moments when I've been running, 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 and then you hit a brick wall and then it stops and forces you to like recognize what it is that really matters to you. 
But yeah, I came to, I came to the U.S. I'm from Copenhagen, Denmark, uh, where I was Shout born out to Copenhagen, raised. which is the happiest place do, on do earth. We have, do, do, we, do, we have, do we have anybody there? Yeah, happy yeah. Place. I don't see anybody <laughs> in the comments, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still hoping. Uh, so I came, you know, I was I, I always had a dream of being in tech, and, and I wanted to be in Silicon Valley. So at the age of 21, I bought a one-way ticket from, from Copenhagen to California. I didn't have a job or a place to stay. I didn't have... I didn't know a single person. I'd actually never been to California. I just knew just at the height of the dot-com bubble, I wanted to be in California. So I didn't want to look back on my life when I was 40, 50, 60, and look back and say, I was too scared to do it. I had the chance. It was a magical point in time, and I was too afraid. I didn't want to let fear rule my life. I really wanted to do something that I was proud of. And I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Also, you know, I was younger, so it's like you don't have as many attachments, obviously, to to other things. Mm. But uh but I came, you know, and, and you might not know from my background, my name, Robin Daniels, doesn't sound Danish, but it's because Danes are very progressive. If you didn't know this already. So I took my wife's last name when we got married. My name used to be Robin Gertsen. And I always grew up in a place where, you know, women were completely equal to men, or at least that's how I was raised. And so I'm always like, why? What is this stupid kind of, I think, antiquated rule where women take the men's last name? So I took her last name in 2003 when we got married. And so, uh, and coming to the U.S., it's been interesting because I think the U.S. is hyper progressive when it comes to business models and capitalism, but it's a little behind, I think, on some social issues for yeah, sure. You know, we're health. seeing that we're seeing that play out right now. I think in in, in the U.S. In, in interesting ways. But so so I I came in two thousand. You know, started through the, the startup thing, um, and you know, I quickly hit a brick wall because the economy suddenly crashed. And when the whole wow. bubble burst in two thousand, it was it was brutal. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And suddenly I was laid off. I was out of a job, you know, and it's scary when you're suddenly standing and facing this uncertainty. But I, I, I just did my best to just stay positive and network my way and try to apply to as many jobs using Craigslist, which was kind of popular. And eventually I found another job and, and so on. But it was really honestly through my network. And it was that was the first time I think in my life where I saw the power of the network that you, you create around you. And since then, you know, this is how I met you too, Tim. I mean, you and I met through LinkedIn. LinkedIn. It's just it's yep. a while, such a while. So I kept seeing your posts pop up in my feed. And I remember connecting. I'm just like, I got to know this guy. And then we became friends. And then suddenly we ended up working together and we were, <laughs> you know, that, that unfortunately didn't last long for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And now here we are. You know, I think, you know, I've made a friend for life and I'm, I'm happy to know you, but the path of getting here. You know, it was not without its challenges, you know, but but certainly I've, I've, I've made some good choices in my life in terms of career, also made some shitty choices. And it's hard to classify them, I think, as crappy choices because they teach you a lot about your life. You know, it's there's nothing, not, not, not any really that I would change in terms of life skills. Mm. There's some I would change if, if you were just to look at, at the choices I made from a financial perspective. I could probably have, you know, made more money if I'd stayed at certain companies or gone to certain companies that were interested in me. But I've always gone with my gut and tried to follow my heart into what gives me the most satisfaction and where I can make the most impact. You know, so you know, one of the things that you and I often often say is pursue purpose over paychecks. You know, we we love yes. we love that. <laughs> and I think a lot often sometimes a lot of people think that it means like for going the money or, you know, not worrying about surviving when it doesn't really mean that it means what you just said, going with your gut, really think about what's yes. the bigger vision. I want to ask you, cause there's a lot of people who are scared to like pursue a purpose driven life, right? Because, yeah. you know, they're always kind of bottled in by their circumstance. How did you overcome that mindset? It's a, it's a, I think a lot of it was probably how I was raised, you know, I was yeah. raised by, uh, 
parents who were, I would say, very progressive and and, and kind of hippie-ish in their mindset. I mean, my mother writes self-help books, yeah. right? So that that's that should give you an indicator of how, how I was raised. She's written about, I think, 15 self-help books around how to have a positive mindset and how to- like, Does she have a website? We should share that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share it. I'll, I'll, I'll share it um, afterwards. I'll, uh, it's, it's, it's called Beam Team Books. So wow. you, can, you can go take out the books there. You can find them on Amazon and so on. But I think that a lot of stems from that. So I've always had like a glass half full uh, kind of mindset. Mm. Uh, but but I've always but here's the thing that I've always tried to do because I've also then been been you know reading a lot of people who are inspiring to me anything from when I was younger, Deepak Chopra and yeah. Tony Robbins and just been following people who I think could could kind of nurture my soul. And one of the things that always stood out to me is uh, I think I want to I want to live a life of action. Uh, mm. you know, there's a lot of people who are talking about things, but I'd rather actually focus on the action. I I think, and I read this this a long time ago in a in a in a book, and it really struck with me. I think it said there were three levels of creation: thought and word and action, really. Ooh. Right. And so, and and I th- and I think that makes sense. You know, the when you think something, of course, it has an energy and a power to it when you have you know, thoughts. But until you actually write it down or do something about it, it doesn't really mean much. And the ultimate is really the action you put behind it. And so I've always tried to live a life of of really focusing on the action because I don't want to just be the person who talks, you know, I'd be a talking head. I, I'd rather lead by example. And and of course it starts with myself and then I can maybe lead other people by the inspiration of how I live my life. But it starts with this doing things that I, I'm proud of that I think can inspire myself and other people to even go further. Um, it doesn't mean I get it right all the time. You've just seen, I mean, I've joined companies that went nowhere, you know, yeah. and, <laughs> And sometimes it's it's uh, it's it's you know within your control and sometimes not. I mean, it's one of the things that you and I out of your control. I mean, one of the things you and I learned from WeWork is you know this this is there was no bad intentions I think at, for any of us who joined the company and we and we all were excited by the mission of bringing community to the world. That was a noble mm-hmm. mission that I think was worth fighting for, and I still believe that's imminently worth fighting for. Now. And we did the best that we could. The outcome you can't always control. And this is a great example where, you know what? Sometimes the outcome is just outside of your control. We can influence the the path and we should, of course, have a goal of what we want to do in our life. But you can't always control the exact outcome. I mean, your your, your story of your, your company guide is an example when guiding you on the path. You can't. When you use your app guide, you can't guarantee somebody's get the exact outcome that they want. It's just, yep. it's just without your control. But you can certainly guide them on the path and you can have a mindset of intention of where you want to go. And I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So I want to ask you, how did you get started in marketing? Right. Like what what mm-hmm. what really kind of inspired you to go into marketing? Is that kind of like that field for you? Because you're a great marketer. But how did you develop <laughs> the skills, man? <laughs> Uh, through through a lot of uh, on the job training, I would say. Yeah. So uh, I, I developed. So here, here's the story. I I, um, I studied marketing back in Denmark in school. It's called international marketing, and I had it in in, uh, in school for about three years. Um, but I was actually a self taught programmer. So my first job was actually a Java programmer. Wow. I, did, I created websites, and so I came to the U.S. as I as I told you in 2000, February 1st, 2000, and I ended up getting a job at a startup called Streaming 21 in Los Gatos here in the Bay Area. And my boss, because I was hired to do the website, manage the website, build it out and so on. And my boss, who was the VP of marketing, she saw something in me. She was awesome. Her name was Elise Zimmerman. Um, Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, you're really good at this website stuff. 
I don't know if she really meant it because I felt like I was just okay. But she said, but you're even better with taking whatever the, the team is working on, the product, mm -hmm. the product team, the engineering team, and translating it into something that people really can resonate with. Yeah. What she would call product, product marketing, you know, which is like storytelling. And, and I, it's like I've said, I, I have no idea what product marketing is. I've never done it. <laughs> you know, I've never even that. heard of product marketing. Yeah, I mean, we're a small company. I, I, I was 21 at the time. So what, what did I know? And she said, you should be in product marketing. I said, okay. And so I, I went into product marketing because she saw something in me that guided me down that path. And to me, product marketing, for any of you who know, is like the perfect mix of you have to have a technical understanding or you have to at least understand the product because it's your job to be able to take the story of the product and translate it into something that people resonate with or the people want and desire. Yeah. So product marketing is kind of my path. It's not certainly not the only path you can take in marketing, but that was the path because... I had the marketing knowledge, mm. not like in, but not the practice. And I had the, the experience of being somewhat technical that I could take stuff and, and translate it into something. And that's how I got my start. And ever since then, it was such a powerful lesson because I came, I didn't really have a great, I, I wasn't really very experienced. Mm. I didn't really have a strong educational background. I really had no work experience, but I had this one person who believed in me and it just kind of catapulted me. And ever since then, I've always tried to, follow that mindset. You, you, you know me, Tim, we've known each other for a while. I've always tried to take chances on people who show aptitude and mm. grit and passion and determination more so than just the school that they're from or the companies yeah. they've worked at. Now, of course, don't get me wrong. Those things matter, especially if you go up, you're going to hire a, a director, a VP. You want to see that they've done it before. Yeah. But to me, the most important is, are they showing a fire? Are they, do they have aptitude to go problem solve some of these things is the people I want to work with that I, I think, you know, really have an interesting point of view, not the same point of view, but an interesting point of view that can help catapult uh, this team or this company to even further, further progress. Yeah. And I've always tried to, to pay that for it's really important. That's why I, I hashtag a lot of my posts with paid for <laughs> it's been such a, it's been such a blessing in my life. All these people who've taken chances on me started with her, but then, you know, the guy who hired me into, uh, to uh, LinkedIn or into box or into WeWork, you know, all people, I believe, you know, had taken a chance on me, you know, that yeah. they've trusted that I can do the job. And, and I think that taking that chance is, is super important. And we need that in the world today. Yeah. And I think one of the things you mentioned earlier is the importance of building a strong network, right? And how that's yeah. really catapulted you and allowed you, even from your failures, to be able to pivot towards what's the next yeah. big thing, the next big thing, and always be learning. You know, what are some of yeah. your tips? Because you're a great networker and, and relationship builder and community builder inherently. What are your what are some of your tips on effective networking? I would say the secret here that nobody wants to recognize is that it takes time. <laughs> I, I'm sure because I see I see you have a much stronger network than I even do. And I feel like I have a decently sized network and it just took time to get there. I get a lot of people saying, hey, uh, you have a strong network. How did you do it? It just took time. It's not like I started <laughs> yesterday to do this. I've been working on this for over 10 years and it starts by, you know, being purposeful about it, you know, not taking it for granted and not doing it by accident and just every now and then. I think I've always put a lot of stock into my network and I really started seeing the shift. I would say it was back in probably 2007 when uh, I joined Salesforce, um, mm. that was a, certainly a catalyst in my career. But since then, because of the power of who I was connected to, the people I work with and the people in my network, I started getting a lot of inbound interest to me. 
like on my skill set because yeah. the word about me started spreading either through LinkedIn or through you know, word of mouth and so on. Um, and so I never have taken my my network for granted. You know, I've always tried to nurture it, you know, reach out to people, build it. So that that's that's something that's taken probably 15 years. I got on LinkedIn. I looked at the other day, like 2003, I think is when I wow. opened my account, right? That was the very <laughs> early days. And in the beginning, I didn't do much, but it but it's it's taken a long time to get there. But since then, now as I as I you know become more of a leader in my life, you know, this has happened in the, in the last decade. I always try to put out content that people resonate with, and you know, that's just a matter of being consistent and trial and error, you know. And I and I'm not trying to do it for the clicks. I'm trying to put out things that. I think would, would benefit other people, either life lessons, career advice, leadership advice, marketing advice. Sometimes it's fun stuff, but just trying to put out content based on my observations, my experience and so on that could potentially help other people. And that's also a great way to build network. I know I, I was just having a conversation with somebody uh, last week who reached out to me and I said, let's just jump on a Zoom and chat about it. You know, yeah. this, 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 this young guy needed some advice. And like one of the best ways is have a point of view, mm. you know, start showcasing to the world that you're good at something, right? Because it's very hard to get noticed if you don't have a point of view or you're not good at something. So it doesn't mean you have to be the best at everything. And it doesn't mean you have to agree with everything or everybody will agree with you, but start having a point of view on something. And I see, you know, some of the, the people that I have really followed on LinkedIn, they have a strong point of view on something. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's a guy out there who I think is, is awesome. His name is, is Dave Gerhard, right? He puts yeah, out yeah, a, yeah. He's a great of content and he's great. And he is like doubling down on, you know, content and copywriting as the main thing. And I don't know if I agree, but I love that he's doing that. Yeah. I think it's super awesome. You know, he's, and he's just go, he's going all in on that. And, and I just think, uh, you know, why not, why not actually um, have a point of view on something, you know, figure out what it is that you're passionate about, have a point of view, and then start sharing that with the world. You know, you can share it on Twitter, you can share it on, on LinkedIn, whatever you want. But I think that's a, that's a good way to start building a, a, a network. You know, and I think it's so powerful that you said that because one of the one of the things that I realized early on in my career was when you have a point of view, that's when opportunities come to you, right? If you are yes. great at marketing, artificial intelligence, future of work, whatever it is, whatever you want, you're passionate about, just have a stance on it, and people will yep. seek out that information and will be more interested in working with you, learning from you, and whatnot. And I think it's it's you know it's. I think what people often struggle with is realizing what is my point of view. <laughs> Like, well, this, like right? you, you, you're always doubling down on the future of work. I love that about you. You're like, future work is my thing. And there's many angles to that. You can take so many different angles. It could be a personal angle, an organizational yep. angle, yep. a society angle, but you're all in on the future of work. Exactly. It's great. Exactly. And then I can right. speak about it from multiple angles. And I think often we, you know, we, we need to empower people to be able to think about their point of view from like, like from that angle as well. It's like, what are the angles you can speak about it? If you're in marketing, maybe you really love content marketing or you really exactly. love, um, you know, demand gen. Speak about that. That's right. every time it's funny. It's, I see all the comments. They're great. There's a guy called Sultan who's apparently not happy. I, well, I encourage you, Sultan, if you have something to say, say it. But don't be an asshole, okay? <laughs> it's not helping anyone. It's not what the world needs right now. If you don't like it, Tune off. <laughs> Shalika is All saying, right. I agree. She loves uh, what, what we're talking about. Praveen is saying, I took my wife's last name. Wow, that's awesome. 
learn other cultures to validate the necessity of what yours is telling you. I love that. Love that. And there's a LinkedIn user. We can't see your name, but he's no. he, he's saying Robin has an incredible mindset. And also shout out to Ayula who's saying Matterport is so dope. Robin, I would love for you to share a little bit more about the work that you're doing at Matterport. Sure, sure. So so for those of you who don't know Matterport, um, we are a company that allows you to take any space, a room, a house, whatever it is, and turn it into a 3D model, which is really cool. And the reason why you want to turn any space into a 3D model is because it increases the value of that space. And how does it increase it? It increases it either... You know, of course, if you can sell your space, if you're, if you're in real estate and you want to sell your house, it increases the value of that. We've proven that uh, spaces that have a Matterport model, like on Redfin, sell 20% faster and at ten, and nine times higher cost. So you're already making more money. If, you're, if I'm sharing a space with you personally because I want to do so, there's an emotional value with that. When WeWork has scanned their offices to allow customers to go in and have a virtual tour, it increases the value of that space because now they can actually open it up to many more people who don't have to be there physically before deciding on going into a space. So the vision that we have is you can use any device, your phone, you know, we have, we sell it at a high end 3d camera as well to scan a space. And once you have that digital version of a space, and it's not just a digital version, it's a very immersive 3d version of that space. You can share it with anyone. You can even have a lot of fun with it. But last week it was my my son's birthday, and I did a, a virtual escape room for him <laughs> and, his, and 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 the, the party because we can't we couldn't be there with each other in person because of the lockdown. So we did three rooms in my house, and we did went in and we, we did the scan, and then we put in a lot of clues in each room, but a very hardcore clues. And they would get into one room, and they would have to solve all the clues and work together. And to figure out all this stuff. And then once they would figure all that out, we gave them the, the link to the next room and so on. And it was just fun. So the point is you can you can actually, you could do it for fun reasons. You could do it for personal reasons. You can share your site, but there's certainly a lot of commercial reasons. And I joined you know, a Matterport just because I think there's so much potential, especially what we're seeing in the last two, three months mm. due to the lockdown. There's so much interest in what we're doing because every business out there, will you museum, a gallery, a restaurant, you know, real, real estate, estate property, trying to tell right? real estate, of course, has, has been huge for us. Uh, and, and so there's just so much interest in taking your physical space and putting it online. And once you have it online, there's this endless possibilities for what you can do with it. You can integrate it with Zoom. You can integrate it with virtual reality, virtual wow. staging. There's so many cool things you can do. So I was just really now I learned about Matterport when I was at WeWork. We were starting to use Matterport at WeWork to digitize our spaces because I don't even remember Tim, but when we were we were so many people come in every day into any of the space and say, "Hey, this is great. Can I get a tour?" Yeah. And you know, if you're gonna show a tour to to hundreds of people every day, and those people then go on to try to see five to ten spaces, it's a lot of effort on the WeWork team's part. It's a lot of effort on the person who's coming in because they have to physically go to each space. But what if you could just do a tour virtually? Think about the yeah. time you could save, the money you could save, the environment because you're not driving around or using public transportation or anything. So there's a lot of benefits for, for, for doing this for sure. For sure. That's powerful. That's powerful. And I think it's so unique. And Taban is saying, I love the product. <laughs> Robin, I love the product. He loves it. <laughs> for me to say, thank you guys uh, for, <laughs> for all of your comments. She deleted that comment from that random troll. Thanks for for deleting that comment. So, you know, I want to ask you, Robin, what's been your framework? your three-step, four-step framework for living a purpose-driven life? It's a, it's such a good question. I think about it a lot. Um, 
And it's really about coming back to doing things that you think is going to have a, a big impact and that you get joy out of doing. And I think that happens in multiple different levels. If I could draw a pyramid for you, I think the pyramid really has five different levels of impact. And mm. I think your, your actions in life uh, come at those five different levels. There's a personal level. Like if I do something, what, what does it do for me? Yeah. And of course, that's where a lot of it starts. Like, how do I become better, happier, more productive, more successful, whatever it is that success means to you. But I think the personal level is really important. The next level, I think, is on the family and friends level. If I do this, well, what does that mean for the people I in, in, in my life that I love? Well, that's family, friends, and, and the people that you have invested in to succeed. Does it make you, does it make them better, them happier, them more integrated with you as a whole? I think the third level is around uh, the work aspect of it. Well, how does if your actions impact the stuff that you do at work? Uh, you know, does, does your team become better, happier? Uh, are you doing a good job? You know, do you get satisfaction out of delivering something that is meaningful? Um, the fourth level, I think, is at the society level. Well, the things you're doing, you know, are you working on things that actually make society better? Well, that's mm. social causes or causes around human rights or whatever it is, you know, what are you doing really for the world that, that makes the, the, the world a better place or society a better place? And the final step, I think, is what are you doing to make the world a better place? Which sounds mm. so big and so unwieldy for so many of us, but I think it's the small actions that we take, you know, every day. Do you recycle, you know? <laughs> do, you, do, you compost? do you use an electric car? You know, these small things, but are you living a life where you can say, okay, I'm doing my best for the world as well and mm -hmm. i'm not saying that you should always focus on all these five levels it's very hard to then stay grounded but that's how i think about the framework you know when i when i look at the actions that that i take and the purpose behind each thing it's like well was it going to have a positive impact in one of those five levels and if not should i even really do it because it's so easy being caught up in things that uh just make you seem busy i heard this amazing quote from denzel washington I, somebody sent me a video of denzel washington motivational speeches and i posted it on uh, linkedin the other day yeah i never i never seen the video before and, and he just said this awesome thing is you know don't don't mistake movement for progress mm. it really made me think don't mistake movement for progress and i when i look back on my life honestly there's a lot of times where i felt really busy and I felt like I'm constantly doing stuff, you know, I'm flying around, I'm speaking at this event, I'm meeting this, this new product launch, but I didn't really know if it added up to anything greater. And now, you know, as I'm, as I'm a little older, I'm trying to be very, very purposeful and mindful around, you know, the things that we're working on. Yeah. Are they things that really add up? And I constantly say this to my team as well, because I have an awesome team at Matterport is, are we working on things that really matter that people you know, will we'll, we'll have an impact on people's life. You know, at the end of the year, you know, people are going to remember us for one or two, maybe three things if we're lucky. So let's put all our effort into doing those things. It doesn't mean that there's not, of course, burning tactical things you have to do, answering this email, updating this, this website and so on. But are we working on things that are really going to move the needle? And when you do that, it moves the needle for you personally. It moves the needle for your company. It moves the needle for your team. And ideally, it moves certainly the needle in, in, a, in a much larger way that is felt across society and so on. But it only happens if you focus, I think, on the bigger things. It's very hard, I think, to have uh, a deep impact if, if you're just focusing on the, on the micro things. Now, again, I, I don't want this to be misconstrued as those are not important. You know, 
it's important that I eat healthy every day or I go for some exercise. Now, these are small things that, that add up, but with the goal end goal in mind. And so when it comes to purpose, you know, the, 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 the purpose itself is like at asking yourself the questions of, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? What, 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 what do I get out of doing this? And am I connected with the people in my life who can help me or I can help get there? And that's why I'm so keen on, you know, networking and, and working together because I think we collectively are much stronger when we, we can help each other out because everyone's path and everyone's journey is obviously super different. But if we can actually be a, a partner in that and a cheerleader, I think that becomes really powerful. And you dictate your path too. Man, that's so powerful, Robin. Thank you so much for sharing that. Shout out to Dana, who loves that quote. And Praveen is saying, this is a powerful framework. And I'm sure she's recorded and written this down somewhere. She said, this is a powerful framework to remember and to frequently check progress on. Thank you. Doing the things that matter. You know, Robin, I would love for you to share, you know, what have been the two to three leadership books um, or just books in general that have kind of inspired, you know, your views on living a purpose-driven life? Um, so that's, there's two books that have really impacted me deeply that I actually, I carry around with me. People don't know this pretty much wow. everywhere I go. Not, not like when I'm just walking around, but when I travel, I always have it in my backpack because they're small books also. Uh, number one is uh, the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, and mm -hmm. I just love that. If you don't know, it's kind of the uh, Hindu sacred book. And, and I'm actually not religious. I just love the life lessons that, you know, it's basically... Um, somebody who is struggling in their life and they, they have a real moment of reckoning and then some, somebody appears, if you don't know the story of it, and they have a deep conversation about, well, how do we come overcome this, this struggle? And it's a very like personal book around uh, spiritual growth, which I, which I find very, very valuable. Um, and cause there's just, if you, it's like maybe a hundred pages, but you can read it quickly, but there's so many good life lessons in there about how to think about family and, and health and how to think about your impact in the world and so on. So I love that book, the Bhagavad Gita. The second book is a book called Siddhartha uh, by Herman Hess. Uh, it's also a small book, so it's easy to carry around, but this is about, you know, basically a young guy, which I can relate to, who was struggling to find his purpose in life. So he goes on this journey of self-discovery, you know, uh, and, and the, the journey he goes on, he runs into a lot of interesting people, but the ultimate part of it is that he, he really understands at the end of this book is that nobody can tell you your life path and yeah. you can't follow other people's life path because it's not going to be the same as yours. You have to discover it and make it for yourself. And yeah. that lesson is, you know, I can, I love being connected to you. You have incredible knowledge I can learn from. And I feel like I'm blessed. I'm, I know a lot of people in my life who I can learn from, but at the end of the day, it's my life path. And yeah. that book really sharply sets that out. In a, in a way that's really understandable. You know, in this book, he gets into trouble. He becomes a drunkard. You know, he goes down, he, he takes the wrong paths in life. But at the end, he ends up in a place where he's very grounded in who he is because he finds his way back to what matters. And, and again, his, his path is different. So those two books, Siddhartha and, uh, and uh, the Bhagavad Gita, uh, are two kind of, I would say, spiritual books that have impacted me. From a, from a purely work perspective, I really love the book, uh, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Oh, yeah, about Ben Horowitz. Yeah, exactly. It's just like incredible stories of being in the trenches and yeah. leadership and trying to do <laughs> what's right. I think those that's, that's just an awesome book. Maybe because it's like short stories. I, I, I love storytelling. It's just short stories that I can really relate to. I don't, I don't love reading too many business books because I always feel like business books to me, you know, after like 
30, 40, 50 pages. They basically said what they need to say. And then they just like repeat it. Repeat it. <laughs> when, the story, when the story is behind it, like the you know, shoe dog by Phil Knight, awesome because there's a story like of, of, of it's just a, it's just an incredible tome the of like insight. But also it's like you're on the edge of your seat for trying to figure out what's gonna happen, you know, because there's so many moments in that book when they're on the edge of disaster. So so that that was a book that really influenced me as well. I love that. How about, man. You, how about you? How about you, Tim? I, I, I want to say, man, because you know I read a lot. <laughs> yeah. I read a lot of books. You know, I would have to say the books that have inspired me. Well, I mean, there's some here that I could probably say. So there's this one. Let me actually show it to you all. It's pretty interesting. It has to be. This one's pretty good. 365 days of wisdom for traveling. Oh, I don't yeah. know this, but it sounds like sounds like my kind of book. <laughs> yeah, so I actually got it when I was in Taipei in a hotel room. I was like, oh, this is a really nice book cover design. And then I just started reading it. And it just has a lot of different parables written in the Chinese wow. language. And it's just, it's very, I like it because it's poetic. And yeah. for, some, for some of you who don't know, I'm actually, a, a, I'm a writer. Uh, in a, I'm, a, I'm a poet. Um, so anything that's poetic that I can read and is just like kind of somber and mellow, you know, and I can meditate to, I love reading it. So 365, 365 days for travelers is, is a huge book for me. And then there's just so many books that I've read around, um, the future of design that have always just oh, kind of yeah. like changed my thinking on how do you craft experiences that help people. And one of them is called the future of design. And I can definitely share that. Um, in the comments, but design books, I love reading design books because they <laughs> challenge thinking. Um, but yeah. that book, 365 Days of Travelers, it's such a great book to meditate to and, and focus around. Um, and it's similar to what you mentioned, Robin, you can actually travel with it as well. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the other, the other, somebody gave me this notebook. I don't know if you can see it here. Let me see. Oh. It says, find people who make you better i love oh, this this has kind of become my new mantra in life this is also a good <laughs> good tip for if you're if you're if you're on linkedin or anywhere else it's pretty good pretty good life life advice i would say <laughs> find people who make you better uh, you can't go wrong because then you'll like learn something new every day and just have a lot of joy ayula says i need to drop a mixtape one day ayula one day man one day what i'm actually gonna drop soon though is a book i think that's much more in my yes. little house <laughs> I need to write every book. Everyone in my family has written a book except me. I've written a lot of blog posts and a lot of like articles, but maybe I should. <laughs> maybe if you wrote, if you wrote a book, what would you write it about? Uh, I would probably write it about, it's funny. I, I vacillate between two things. Uh, one is around writing, writing uh, kind of the story of what I've learned throughout. You know, this is kind of mostly what I write on LinkedIn. Like, and I, I think I could just probably collect all the articles and maybe spice them up a little bit and put them into a book. That would be interesting. Or I've also thought about maybe writing more of a, a spy novel. I read a lot of spy novels. I don't know. It's my escape. So I'm like, I'm always fascinated. I'm always fascinated by reading about like, you know, like stuff that's uh, like, you know, unfolding in front of you, yeah. like in a, at a high intensity. That's kind of my escape when I'm like, but if I go to a beach or in a mountain somewhere and I read a book, it's usually like a spy novel. So I'm like, I, I would like to write one one day, but I think it requires a lot of persistence. I have a, so much respect for people who write books. It's so, yeah. so hard. I, I mean, I can write an article, two or three pages, you know, a thousand words, but writing a book, whew, 
Respect. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> you know what's so cool though nowadays? You could actually just completely transcribe your book, which is like That's super true. interesting. That's true. Maybe I should. <laughs> no, you should, man. Whatever, however you can get out of your head and onto a uh, That's true. Paper, That's right? true. So, Robin, thank you so much for being on today's live podcast episode. Where can our amazing God community follow your work, man? Thank you. Uh, you find me on LinkedIn, Robin Daniels. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. I don't tweet that much. I'm a uh, Robin underscore Daniels. Uh, and you can also just email me if you want. I'm Robin uh, at Matterport.com if you want to email me. But it was great. Thank you so much, Tim. It's so great to see you, man. I, I can't wait to see each other live and I can give you a real hug. <laughs> <laughs> Sue, my brother, Sue. You know, I would ask Sue. you, Robin, you know, can uh, people actually just email you? That's so awesome that you're super open to people emailing you. Why not? Why not? What's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> I love it. I maybe, love a tro- it. maybe a troll? Ah, I can delete that. <laughs> I love it. So definitely make sure you reach out to Robin. And if you're interested in maybe even getting into marketing or learning more about Matterport, definitely reach out to Robin. Super open. Robin, we need to have you on a future episode, man. Okay. Sounds good, man. I'm game. <laughs> Always. Always for you. Appreciate good you, brother. You Thanks, man. All right. Talk Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for watching today's episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast live. If you're interested in being a part of Guide's beta program, make sure you check out guideapp.co and sign up for our early beta. We are looking for amazing creators to join our creator community. And please reach out to Robin. He's on Twitter and LinkedIn. If you loved what he had to share about living a purpose-driven life. With that said, thank you so much for tuning in. And I wish you peace, love, and abundance. Talk to you soon.